Praise God. Well, it's good to be back with you folk at uh, Solid Rock, and uh, we, um, we were blessed this morning, and um, we're grateful to be in this second service. Um, I, I really counted a privilege and an honor to be here and uh, be with your pastors, Pastor Don and Sister Sue. Um, do, do you know how blessed you are to have such a pastor as this? I hope so. I hope you thank God every day and appreciate them. Um, they, they're wonderful people, but that, not just wonderful people. They hear what the Spirit has to say to the church, and they say it to you. They share with you. And that's very important. The this, this, uh, this second service this morning is wonderful because it talked about it, things happened that we talked about in the service this morning. It just boom, boom, boom. And um, you, you say, well, how do you feel about this? I, I feel great about it. You know, <laughs> I say, man, this church is working like a church is supposed to work. Amen. Amen. The Holy Spirit is supposed to move and edify the body and uh, learn to appreciate that. Learn to appreciate that. Um, the, the, the moving of the Spirit and, and how it will take and lift us up. And God is so good in His gifting. And uh, be, be really careful to take and allow your gifting to come through. I uh, probably should take a moment, and uh, Pastor already mentioned that we have uh, four generations here this morning. He, he probably didn't know that. But my aunt is now living with us, Marlene Woodside. And uh, she's really a nice person, no matter what I say about her. <laughs> and we're grateful to have her. We've had her since last December. And uh, she's traveled all summer with us. We've been gone three months visiting children. And uh, she's traveled all summer with us. And uh, we're just grateful that she's uh, here with us this morning. My wife, Susan, is here as well. And, uh, and then my uh, kids and grandkids. And that's just a good thing. It's just a good Amen. thing. I do feel very much at home when I come here. Um, I, I dearly love your pastor and his wife. They're, they're just good people. They're, they're good people. They're people that, uh, I don't know what the proper word is, but a kindred spirit is that kind of proper, proper that you just feel like you've always known them. You know where they're going. This morning, I just knew where he was going. It was the right place. He moves in the spirit, good stuff. Uh, it's just comfortable. It's comfortable being here. And uh, I'm happy for this church and uh, what this church uh, means in this community. I, uh, I'm comfortable also uh, continuing in the theme that you've been on for several months of uh, reaching, raising, and releasing. Um, <clears throat> reach being evangelism, raising being discipleship, release being ministry. And uh, the text that I'm using this morning will reflect the very heartbeat of Jesus. It will reflect these three things. If we uh, begin by reading in Matthew 28, 18. <clears throat> the Great Commission. The Great Commission was given by Jesus. The Great Commission um, was uh, commanded to his disciples and all believers after his resurrection, but before his ascension. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Behold, I am with you always to the end of this very age. 
in, in this, these, these three verses, we have encapsulated actually the, that theme, reach, raise, and release. Reach, go ye therefore and make disciples. Is that not evangelism? And uh, going out to the lost. Raise, meaning baptize them and teach them. And this is discipleship, the second part of, of um, this, these steps. And the last is release. And he, and he says, and then teach them to obey all that I've commanded you. And what he commanded them was ministry, to go out and share their faith. And he said, go ye therefore. So I, I am with you. And then the uh, International Standard Version says, I am with you each and every day. That's the beauty of it, that God is with us each and every day. Um, why the title viral? I understand on the internet viral is a situation where someone on the internet is so amusing, unusual, or interesting, or sometimes just silly, that many thousand to a million people watch it. Isn't that crazy? This occurs as word is passed along from individual to individual communicating with their friends or contacts through the posts or comments made regarding the video or the tweet. I heard um, this week that only one, one in a million and a half tweets or uh, videos actually go viral. So you may not have a real good chance of having a viral video or tweet, but um, <laughs> anyway, but uh, about 2,000 years ago, after the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the message of our salvation through the death and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, it went viral through the amazing supernatural work of the Holy Spirit indwelling and infilling the believers. And as they shared this love of Jesus without internet, without telephone, without television, without postal services, half of the known world had uh, received the message of the salvation in Jesus Christ, had an understanding of Christianity, and it had spread through half the known world in just a couple years. It went viral. I believe, and, and, and actually the, the words that came to us this morning through the gifts uh, of the Spirit to the church just confirmed this, totally confirmed it. I believe that God wants this powerful message of salvation, the opportunity to receive his salvation by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. He wants it once again to go viral. We're living in those last days, and he has a plan uh, for these last days, and he wants to reach the lost and the dying. And uh, in this age and in this dispensation, the, his plan is simply that he uses the body of Christ. The body of Christ is all believers. How many of you are believers? That's looking pretty. I didn't get to see this side over here. Okay. Didn't turn my head quick enough. Um, but vertigo that would take over and I wouldn't stay on the stool. <laughs> oh, getting old is not fun. But anyway, uh, but anyway uh, we take it and um, we, we know that he wants us to be instruments. Instruments to fulfill his plans. To evangelize the world. That's an amazing thing. To me, that's an exciting thing to be an instrument of the Lord. Now, we don't go out on our own. But we go in his power and his authority. And so that's very important to always 
uh, remember. But he wants this message in these last days to become viral. Everybody, every living creature. You know there's a lot of people that live in Christian America that really, they have heard about Jesus, they've heard about God. They really don't know anything about it. There's a lot of people today that I run into that read the Bible and don't have a clue what they've read. You know, it's a book. And that's all it is, you know. Um, you you, you kind of know that they really don't understand when they say, well, I love the Bible. Holly, Holly Bibble is one of my favorite authors. <laughs> right? You know, you know that they really, you know, not real sure what's going on. But anyway, God's an unchanging plan. As we look into uh, the text once again, this morning, I believe we'll see that God's plan to accomplish this, this, this thing has been unchanging and has been clear throughout this dispensation. There, he hasn't ever changed his mind on this. This dispensation that we're living in, his plan is clear. He's, Jesus came and he said to them once again, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold... I am with you always, even unto the end of this age. All believers have been commissioned, and that word commission actually translates commanded to go. Commanded to go. All believers, not just certain believers, anyone who finds the person of Jesus Christ to be real in their heart and life and knows through the Holy Spirit that they become a child of God, have been commanded to take this message. So it's, it's not just for a few that are in special ministries. It's everyone that, that God is talking to. And then it says all believers have been given authority and power. Um, Jesus said all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And because he was given all authority and power, we have his authority to go because we are his servants. And... Um, the best way I know to explain it is uh, somebody in authority. Um, you take um, what uh, sheriff of a county has authority. Is that correct? He can arrest people. He can do all kinds of things. And, uh, and, but his deputies have the same authority to arrest people and do these things. Correct? They work under his authority. And we work under Jesus' authority. Hey, do you know who can arrest the sheriff of a county? How many of you know the legal end of that? Who can arrest the sheriff? The coroner. <laughs> yeah. Look it up in your law book. Yeah. I, I learned that at a very young age. I don't know. That little <laughs> trivia that came about. <laughs> but anyway, that's who can arrest the sheriff. That's crazy, isn't it? Well, I don't know what that has to do with this. Absolutely nothing. But probably that's the only thing you're going to remember this morning, which really makes me sad. Oh, no. Why did I say that? But anyway, um, we have the authority because Jesus had the authority. But not only do we have authority, we have power. Now, until the resurrection or the ascension of Jesus, uh, only prophets and disciples were given power and had a power. But after the ascension of Jesus and the gift of the Holy Spirit being given, all believers have power. It turned over completely. All believers have power. Not just a few chosen uh, of God, but all. 
And uh, it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria and to the very ends of the earth. Now, don't get, you know, spiritually proud because you have power from God because the only time that you can operate is when you are dependent upon that power. When you recognize that I'm just an instrument. That's, that's kind of like these guitars sitting back here. I don't hear anything out of them. Right? Till somebody that picks them up and can play them. And you are like a sounding brass and a, a something symbol. What's the word? Clanging. Clanging symbol. Uh, unless Jesus the, and the Holy Spirit is working through you and flowing through you. And then you become beautiful. You become something that people hear and listen to and know, hey, this is a real thing. Uh, the real deal. So anyway... Uh, Anyway, uh, we take, where did I go from there? All believers have been promised power. Uh, Peter spoke about it on the day of Pentecost. And the power I'm speaking about is not the gift of power or gift of the spirit, gift of the spiritual gifts, excuse me, given in 1 Corinthians uh, 12. That's not what I'm speaking of. What I'm speaking of is what... um, Peter talked, or Paul talked about when he said that uh, repent, be baptized, all of you in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins, Acts 2.38, and you'll receive the gift of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, and you'll receive that gift of the Holy Spirit. And so we don't want to confuse these two things. There's a lot of confusion about this um, today and has always been that uh, there is a separation. There is a gift of um, gift of God, which is the baptism in the Holy Spirit, the infilling of the Holy Spirit for believers. It's not the same as the operation of tongues and interpretation in the church, the gift spoken about in the 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians. So get, keep that clear in your mind. They're not the same. And, um, and that's very important because that confusing, that when it becomes confusing like that to people, uh, then there's a lot of scary doctrines that can take place that have no place. And the church gets a little confused and there's goofy things that happen in the church. Pardon that expression, goofy, but they were. You know, And it actually damages the kingdom of God to some extent. So keep that in mind. Uh, but this prayer language, it's a personal gift that's given as a prayer language and a praise language. It enhances your life and it gives evidence, it, it enhances your prayer life, and it gives evidence of the Holy Spirit's infilling, and it empowers you for service so that you can witness effectively. Now, the work of the Holy Spirit also reaches, raises, and uh, releases. That's interesting. Uh, it, when it reaches, that's evangelism. It says the Holy Spirit reveals Christ. The Holy Spirit draws us to him. The Holy Spirit confirms that we are a child of God. It, it, it's very uh, uh, important to know that his spirit is born witness with our spirit, that we're children of God. And then also uh, it raises, which is discipleship. In John 14, 26, it says, But the helper, or the paraclete, 
which is the Greek word, says the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. So he disciples us as well. When you're sitting in a class listening to a teacher teaching on the Word of God, the Holy Spirit will confirm the reality of the Word of God to you as that teaching is going forth. If you're really listening to the Spirit, you'll know, hey, this is from God. This, this person is saying what God is inspiring and, and causing them, prompting them to say, and it'll bear witness with your spirit and it'll become a reality for your life. I, I think the Word always has to begin to live within your heart and life. I don't think you just hear it. Oh, yeah, that was good. Mm, I have friends that need that, yeah. <laughs> I think the Word of God is for us. I'm going to tell you something. I will tell you a lot of strange things, but one strange thing I'm going to tell you is sometimes when I'm preaching and I say things, my brain says, that's for you. Have you had that? That's for you. And you say, how can that be? Because there's an unction in speaking forth the word of God. And that unction isn't your own intelligence all the time. It isn't your own study time. It isn't your own thinking. But it's the Holy Spirit has you say things. And those things are truth from the word of God. And they're revelations that come to you sometimes as you're speaking. They're just revelations. It's actually, um, in, in a sense, it's prophetical. You know, and you don't, you don't even recognize it's, it's working within you. But anyway, anyhow, uh, raise this discipleship. And then there's the release to release, which empowers us, enables us, and prompts us. The Holy Spirit empowers us for service. Acts 1.8, but you should receive power after that. The Holy Spirit has come upon you. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria to the very end of the earth. And so that's the empowerment. He enables us by empowering us. He enables us. He, I, I believe when we are spirit-filled that it enhances. This is my personal belief. I don't have a scripture that backs this, okay? Just so you know, this isn't heresy. <laughs> but I believe when we are infilled with the Holy Spirit, I believe that it enhances the gift, uh, not the gift, the fruit of the Spirit in our life. What's the fruit of the Spirit? It's the very personality of Jesus, if you get to looking at it. And I believe it makes that personality come out in our life where people see less of us and more of Jesus. And, and that, that's a powerful thing in witnessing for people to see Jesus instead of seeing us. To actually say, you know, this person is different. Something's happened to them, and that's true. We are different, and something has happened to us. So release is this ministry. And then last, that, that verse says, and I am with you, uh, in the uh, International Standard Version, says I am with you each and every day. Never leaves us alone. Never leaves us alone. It's very important that uh, we have the presence of God. I, uh, I shared that I've been in lonely places, we, uh, we pastored in six years in Trona, a little town in, uh, in um, California that uh, is on the backside of nowhere, a mining town of about 2,500 people. And um, it's 110 miles from Lancaster. It's, uh, 
90 miles from um, the next city, Barstow, just kind of out there by itself. I don't know if any of you know where Trona is. It's a mining town. And it was a lonely place because you didn't have a lot of churches to fellowship with and, and um, things. Everything was a long drive and you were out in the middle of nowhere. And it was desert and such. But Jesus was always there. Amen. That was the good part. Um, we, we actually had the longest um, pastorate there that they, any uh, Assembly of God church had ever had. Six years. That was considered a long pastorate. I don't know. Then, then I went from there to Brawley, which was down in the, boy, it was down in the middle of heat, uh, lower desert. It's cool there today. It's probably only 106 or 7. And, um, and we pastored there for 39 years. See, but, but anyway, we had people around us down there. <laughs> Made it easier. No, no, it could be lonely there too at times. <laughs> but uh, God is always with us. And I think when we begin sharing our faith, that's sometimes a very lonely time because the enemy is always fighting against us when we're sharing our faith. And he makes you feel like, do you really know what you're talking about? He'll put doubts. You think this person is really going to listen to you? You ever heard, had those doubts? Yeah. And that's why Jesus said that he was always with us. Always be with us. Now, there was a glitch to God's plan. God's plan was for this thing to go viral, the commission be taken, the world be brought unto him. But what I call um, the glitch to God's plan is what I call Christian sin. Because non-Christian, non-believers are not responsible for the great commission. Nor can they possess the power and the authority of God. And so I believe there's two sins. I believe there's a sin of commission. Where individual believers are, are being disobedient to fulfilling the command of Matthew 2, 18 through 20. Sin of commission. Um, sometimes it's done um, through um, willfulness, just willful neglect. You get too busy. You know, well, I go to church, God, isn't that all you need? Amen. <laughs> You know what I mean? By willful, willful neglect. And uh, this is just a place to kind of get your tank filled. Where it happens is out, out of church. That's where the happenings are. And that's where God really, really, really wants to use you. But uh, anyway, and then sometimes people have spiritual ignorance. They just don't know that they've been commanded to share their faith. And they don't know that every believer is called into the ministry of witnessing. Every believer to share their faith. And uh, so anyway, uh, sometimes there's this, this ignorance that of, of scriptures. We're just unlearned in the scriptures. We don't know. And uh, are spiritually blind. Some, some churches do not teach evangelism. So the people become spiritually blind because they're not taught evangelism. You know. Then there's a sin of omission. Individual believers uh, not taking the responsibility in receiving the authority and the power that has been given by the Lord Jesus Christ through His Holy Spirit to make us effective. In other words, they haven't tarried and stayed in the presence of God until that authority and that power has been endowed in their hearts and lives. 
God wants to flood and fill everybody's heart with his presence and with his power and with his authority. So when you go forth, man, you're going to rock your world. You're going to rock your world. Well, there's a fix to the glitch. And, uh, you know, they say men always fix things. So I guess what's what I'm doing this morning is trying to fix things. No, let me talk about the fix. Because what I have just said, that sin of commission and of omission, there's some of you people probably this morning that have related to that at some time in your life. And what I want to say now is very important, so listen very close. There's a fix to the glitch. The Lord knows that we're frail. Understand it. He knows that we have frailty. He doesn't expect us to keep failing. He would, keep, he would want us to learn from our mistakes. Now, you're not ignorant when you don't learn from your mistakes. Then you're stupid. Was that politically correct? Anyway, but the Lord knows this. (laughs) And I can only believe that in his grace and in his mercy, he intentionally put several scriptures in the word that are steps to restoration to strengthening, to encouragement, and to empowerment for service. In other words, we're not out there and there's no way to get back where God wants us. Oh no, the steps are all there. The Word of God mentions several actions, attitudes, lifestyles that bring about restoration and take us into His presence. And I want to mention several of those this morning. They're just scriptures that tell us how a Christian can draw close to God. Revelations 2.4 talks about probably one of the more important things. But I have this against you, that you've abandoned the love that you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstick from its place unless you repent. Repentance, telling God that we are really sorry for our actions and our attitude and what we've been doing. True, heartfelt repentance is so very, very, very important. And then it says, do your first works. And in Timothy 1.6, it says, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit, not a fear, but a power of love, but self-control. Now, this gift that is spoken about by Timothy, I believe, or to Timothy, I believe is the gift of the Holy Spirit, which Jesus promised. Not the gift of tongues to be used in edifying the church, but this gift that he gave of being infilled with the Holy Spirit, and it comes with speaking in tongues. It's our responsibility to fan and keep that infilling or that refilling in our hearts and keep flooded. I, I, I feel tongues are very important extremely important in our life. Um, But it fans that flame. And what happens when you have a flame? Then you have action. Amen? You ever been around a campfire and somebody fans the flames and throws another deal on? Usually you move back a little bit, don't you? Get some action out of them. (laughs) You were so comfortable, but (laughs) there's some action. Anytime there's flames, there's action. And when we fan the flames of God in our heart, there's actions that take place. Third thing is hunger for God. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst. This is what the Lord wrote to us. Blessed are those that hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. When we seek him, we are promised 
satisfaction. Fourth thing is obey the word. James 1, 2. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. In other words, take the word of God seriously. Take it to heart and respond to it. You have not taken the word of God to heart until you've taken action upon the word of God. And uh, as the chorus of an O Negro spiritual song says, we got to do what the Lord say do. That's so true. We've got to put into action what God is doing in our lives. Uh, it tells us also in the scripture, Galatians uh, 5.25 and 5.16, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. If we say we're Christians, let's spit white and walk straight. Where did that come from? A lot of years ago. <laughs> How many of you remember that saying? Well, only one of us, me, two of us. <laughs> My wife couldn't be that old. I, she must have heard it from me. <laughs> that's, all, that's all I can figure. But it means to do the righteous things in life, not to continue in sin. That little clearer translation of that, spit white and walk straight. Okay. But uh, we are to take and, and uh, hunger or live in the Spirit and walk in the Spirit. And if you walk in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. If you're walking with God, it's a little hard to get really interested in sin. Because sin really is upsetting to you if you're walking with God. It's a detestable thing. Amen? Amen. And the indwelling uh, Holy Spirit keeps us from sin. Then another thing that the Holy Spirit does is it strengthens us in weakness. Romans 8, 26 and 27. I likewise the Spirit... Helps us in our weakness. How many of you are ever weak? How many of you are always strong? How many of you did not answer that question? <laughs> yeah, good, good. You were honest. You were honest there. Because I was watching. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. <laughs> not only was I watching, but God was watching too. I failed to mention that. Uh, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the heart knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. I think this is a very important scripture because it's talking about that prayer language that God gave, that, that God's gift of the Holy Spirit. Because there's times that we do not understand how to pray for a situation. Haven't you had friends in situations that you don't, you know, some people are really smart and intellectual and they always have an answer for everything. They can tell you how to solve all your problems. Right? <laughs> but they may not really know. <laughs> but I want you to understand there are things we don't know. We don't understand the bottom line. Uh, a lot of people have sicknesses that are caused from something else other than even what doctors say that are causing them. You know, and they tell us, like, what do they say, ulcers? Ulcers can be caused from a million different things. It can be a rotten boss at work. Could be a nagging husband if you're a working wife. Wouldn't have any nagging wives. I'm kind of careful not to say anything like that. But, uh, but anyway, they could cause ulcers. You know, we don't know the cause. What I'm saying is when you don't know in a situation, what the right answer is. 
And I'll tell you, as a pastor counseling people, I can't tell you how many times that people come in and they kind of throw the problem out. I didn't have a clue. But you know, I didn't need to have an answer. God did. And as we intercede in the Spirit, I want you to know that God knows and will intercede in groanings which we don't understand. And as we pray for people, we can intercede and not really know, but we know that God is going to take care of it. And it will be according to the will of God. That's what I love. In other words, it may be bad things, but all things are going to work together for good eventually. God has a purpose and will fulfill that purpose if we're praying according to his will. So it's why it's so important to have God strengthening us and using this gifting of the Holy Spirit to pray our prayer language and our worship language. Uh, suppressing the Spirit, 1 Thessalonians 5.19 is another thing that's mentioned in the Word for us to be very careful and to recover from. Do not quench the Spirit. There's always been controversy and confusion over the gift of the Holy Spirit, which includes speaking in tongues. It's a delicate subject. The Word tells us not to quench or to grieve the Spirit, and that includes not to grieve or quench the Spirit of speaking in tongues. In fact, in, isn't it the 14th chapter of 1 Corinthians, last 30-something verse, 20-something verse, says, and do not forbid to speak in tongues? And so we have to be very careful. Now, when I'm speaking this morning, I'm speaking regarding the gift of the outpouring of the Spirit on the church mentioned in Acts chapter 1 and 2. Not, not, not the gift of the tongues for the church in Acts, or in 1 Corinthians 12. There's been a misuse of tongues over the years because of ignorance, because of misinterpretation of the word, not really understanding the word, and especially confusing the gift for the church being used in the church and the personal gift that God has given us. And then there's also been spiritual pride. Now, I, 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 I don't see a congregation like this having any spiritual pride, but anyway, spiritual pride where, where uh, it, it, it enters in and it, you, boy, am, am I special. Look what God's doing through me, right? It's kind of like those two guitars talking to each other, saying, you know, I'm electrified. I'm better than an acoustic. Well, I guess that acoustic is electrified too. Acoustics say I'm better than electric because I'm both acoustic and electric. <laughs> Spiritual pride in guitars. Spiritual pride can, can be sometimes demonstrated in some very uh, uh, crazy ways, in strange ways. And I think we have to be very careful. I, I mentioned this morning that ministries... The Holy Spirit sets apart ministries as he sees fit. You understand that? I think that's 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 12, the latter part of that that talks about it. I think that's where I'm at. And uh, he sets them apart as he sees fit. I sometimes hear in the church today people thinking that some ministries are above other ministries. You know, Preaching is just so much better than working with those little rugrats out there. I am children out there. <laughs> you know, right? 
are, are all kinds of different things. I don't know why anybody would want to do prison ministry. They're, they can't be helped anyway. Or, or, or worked with the homeless. Hey, listen, that's quenching the spirit and grieving the spirit to think that one ministry is above any other ministry. Because who gave forth those ministries to those people? The Holy Spirit. You're telling the Holy Spirit he don't know what he's doing? So we have to be very careful. We have to be very careful to give honor to all ministries. It's a calling of God. And it's, it's not we're up here and I'm down here or anything. And, and as I mentioned this morning, I, I struggled with preaching. I still struggle with preaching. I struggle with communicating. I struggle with preparation. And uh, I wasn't my strongest suit in pastoring. And, uh, but I always thought of ministry more than just preaching the word. I always thought of it, you've got to be contacting people if you're ministering. Somehow, you've got to be <clears throat> rubbing elbows with somebody in need, sharing your faith with them, seeing God transform and change their life. That's where the powerful ministry happens. And God has given us the authority. God has given us the power to have ministry like that. Um, back to tongues for just a moment, and, and then I got to close. Um, the lunch bell just went off. <laughs> Uh, um, <clears throat> tongues, as I said, are misused greatly in the church sometimes and um, have been. And because of that, a lot of times churches will want to eliminate that particular gift in the church. They, they want to say, we, we can't do that in church. And so I'm going to pose something to you that I posed to everybody this morning. If uh, somebody has a wreck in a car, or if they get a ticket, do you hand in your driver's license? Because they misuse their driving privileges? What about if you get a ticket for driving because that means an officer is correcting you and saying, you didn't stop at that stoplight, you uh, are going too fast, um, you shouldn't be texting on the phone, you shouldn't be calling on the phone. You shouldn't be doing anything on a phone when you're in a car because I'm in another car near you. And I think you're dangerous because you're not paying attention. Well, anyway, yeah. whatever. <laughs> whatever. Do you give up your driver's license? Then why would you give up the privilege of having the authority of God and using the gifts of God in your life just because somebody else misused? Don't do that. Don't do yet. As I mentioned, pastor can correct the mistakes. Sometimes it's because people are new in the things of God and they need scripture to guide them along and teach them. Sometimes people need a little more correction than that for some other reason. But I'm sure he can take care of it. And it can be taken care of. But don't give up what you have. And what you had this morning was beautiful. What happened this morning was beautiful. Um, God moved. He moved by his spirit. I, 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 I sensed his presence in such a powerful way, touching my heart, pulling at my heartstrings. That's what it's all about. Amen. That's what it's all about. Well, tapping into the power to witness. Um, for just a moment, 
I, I want to close and, and I feel like just maybe speaking to you as believers. If there's anything in this service this morning that challenged your heart or encouraged your spirit, or if you sense that as a child of God, there's some things that there's needs, and I realize we've already had an altar call. I want us to understand that we need to enter into the presence of God and let God fix these glitches through His Word as we respond to His Word. We're not responding to me. We're responding to the Word of God. Would you stand with me, please? Let us bow our heads for just a moment. I recognize that basically I was speaking to the church this morning, challenging the church for the kingdom of God. But if you're here and you're not a believer, you may still have sensed that God loves you so much because God is challenging the church to take his message of salvation, his message of joy and peace and love to a lost and dying world because God loves us so much that he sacrificed his own son Jesus for us. <coughs> he loves you this morning and he wants to draw you to him. And if you're sensing this and you know that you don't know Jesus this morning, I want to invite you to come to this altar. Somebody will come and pray with you. Come and say, Lord Jesus, I sense how much you love me. I sense how much that you care about me and my problems and my life. And I want to be your child this morning. As our heads are bowed, would you respond <coughs> right now if God is speaking to your heart? Just respond. Step out of your seat and say, yes, I want God to take and do mighty things in my heart.